Good evening, boys and girls. Good morning, good afternoon, no matter where in the world you might be. Welcome to Highbury Squad's State Side Squad. You know, we love doing these shows, promoting the beautiful game, this side of the pond. And we have an interesting show this evening. Let's go. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to our audio listeners on iTunes, Spotify and Acast. Welcome to the show. You're probably wondering, what is Orange County Soccer Club? Well, it's a club that's near and dear to my heart. It would be like an Arsenal fan liking Barnet or any fan across the country liking and loving their smaller team uh, outside of the Premier League. And joining me this evening, uh, I keep saying this evening because it's evening for me now. So I'm just going to stop doing that because I have a habit of doing that because all of you are listening from all corners of the earth. But joining me is Mr. Dan Rutstein from Orange County Soccer Club. He is the president of business affairs and he's been a very busy man over the last few weeks. And we'll tell you why in just a second. Dan, good friend of mine. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night. Good morning. So thanks very much for, <laughs> for having me on. Um, I know, obviously, you normally talk about football at uh, a different level to ours, but I'm grateful for the opportunity. And obviously, we will be touching on the highest level of football as part of this discussion. We will, definitely. And uh, listen, just so you know, I watched Orange County Soccer Club last season and they were crowned USL champions. And let me tell you something. And I know a lot of fans who listen in the UK and in Canada and in the United States, but also a lot of our listeners from our, our other, other continents, Europe, Asia, Africa, South America, uh, down under as well, supporting your local team and having a passion for local football is really super important. For those who don't know, the USL is a league outside of MLS and it has been long, um, living long for a, 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 a many years and produces a lot of talent and produces a lot of really fun football as well. Lots of uh, managers, ex-players involved in the league. Dan will tell us a little bit about it. But let's, let's just get stuck into this, Dan, um, who is also a Wimbledon fan, by the way. Uh, a good friend of our show, Warren Barton, and I know that you know Warren really well. Uh, we've had him come on here and try and defend himself to Super Kevin Campbell about those dressing rooms at Plough Lane all those years ago. Um, every footballer we asked, what's the worst away match you've ever played? The number one answer is Plough Lane. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 Smudger was telling us the other day that, you know, Feces were even involved at some point to distract the opposition. <laughs> it's amazing. Just the other day, I was having a casual conversation the other day with the, the head coach at Monterey Bay, who were in our league, Frank Yallop. And um, we were chatting, and he obviously used to play for Ipswich. And I was saying, you know, I don't want to make us all feel old, Frank, but I remember watching you, you know, when you were at Ipswich and I was in Plough Lane when, you know, it was sort of first division Premier League at the beginning of it all. And he's like, oh, God, Plough Lane. And he started telling me all these stories about how horrible it was to play both <laughs> just what they did in the dressing room, but also just, you know, on the field, you know, Vinnie Jones would often leave it in a little bit as would John Fashner and most of the others. So uh, it's, it's nice that the legacy has endured, even if the actual club hasn't. Uh, as yeah. It were. 
Actually, I had a brain fart because I spoke to Smudger and I also spoke to Perry Groves in the same week and it was Grovesy that talked about it and he was just so passionate about how awful the whole the whole experience was. And we've had Frank Sinclair on and Jason Cundy and, um, you know, the great Bob Wilson and everyone has something to say about Wimbledon Football Club. Yeah, they do. And it's obviously we're going to get into this in a second about, you know, what's happened to Orange County in relation to an issue we're having with a larger neighbour. But actually, you know, I I grew up around the lower level of football because even when we were in the first division, we had crowds. I think four of the five worst Premier League crowds were Mm -hmm. games, And I think one of the games you came to last year during our playoff run, there were more people in Championship Soccer Stadium in Irvine in Orange County than there were when <laughs> Wimbledon played Everton in the Premier League, um, which Amazing. says a lot about, uh, you know, being used to smallish crowds and a team who, particularly when we had to start again as AFC Wimbledon, that whole journey all the way through non-league back up into the professional ranks. Um, and people used to hate Wimbledon. And I think that's the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Wimbledon fans love Wimbledon, but everybody else used to dislike Wimbledon on and off the field because of all the things that they did. But now if you were to ask, you know, 10 football fans, what do you think of AFC Wimbledon? Nine and a half of them would say they love the club because something terrible that's nothing to do with football happened to them. And then they got the sympathy of everyone. And now they're a popular team. Um, That shows how the football community can come together around injustices. Yeah. And, you know, also the David V. Goliath uh, situation going on for Orange County Soccer Club right now. And like your beloved Wimbledon, that they overcame the David V. Goliath in the FA Cup against the mighty Liverpool uh, football club in, in in the final. So let's get stuck into this. Orange County Soccer Club has been around for many years. USL champions. Um, MLS uh, is introducing a new league and you are facing some severe adversity. You've been talking to the LA Times. You were in the council uh, this week. You've you've been talking to ESPN, Fox Soccer. You've done the rounds. Let everyone know exactly what the situation is with regards to Orange County Soccer Club, your home ground, and the adversity you guys are facing right now. So we've been playing at Championship Soccer Stadium for five years now. Um, it's a lovely, and you've been there. It's a lovely facility. It's it's a it's you know it's a non-league ground in the purest sense. Um, it's a great stadium. We get three or four thousand people come to every game. Our fans come, and it's it's real family stuff. It's a family ground, and people love coming. And we have carnivals, and we have beer fests, and we have all the things that have you have in America around the football game, and. We've been talking to the council, who are the owners of the ground, on and off for the five years since we've been playing there, saying, now, how can we do more to make this our permanent home? Can we talk to you about what a longer term version of our relationship would look like? Um, And over the last year, that discussion has been a little bit more extreme because, um, you know, our crowds have been up 30 percent this year because we won the championship last year. And we're not we're not at capacity, but we're getting close to it. And so we wanted to talk to the council about having a bit more certainty about what all that looks like. And we went through an official process. We put an official response into a request for proposals for taking over a little bit more control of the stadium. Didn't have a response. And then last week, we see on a council agenda, which would be five days later, that they were looking at three options for the future of the club, one of which is LA Galaxy 
put their MLS Next Pro team in our stadium and we and every other pro club who plays there would be evicted because they would have three years of exclusivity. So suddenly we're faced with not having a stadium to play in next year so that LA Galaxy's youth team effectively can take over our stadium. So it was a complete surprise to us. Uh, obviously, our fans were a combination of furious and distraught. Uh, as a club, we were very concerned. So, you know, we put the message out there. Let's go and tell the council, not necessarily in an aggressive way, but let's just tell the council what this stadium means to us. It means to our fans. It means to our community. And there was this extraordinary period over a few days where see, our fans were venting on social media, as you would expect them to. But then the, the broader soccer community joined in. So we were getting messages from Columbus Crew and Detroit and Louisville. And Phoenix and San Diego are traditional USL rivals both at sort of club admin level, but also at fan level, expressing their support. LAFC fans, I think, were rather enjoying the whole thing. And LA Galaxy fans, you know, all the comments on social media were very much either, why are we going to Orange County or leave these people alone? So there was this extraordinary outpouring. Um, the day before the council meeting, the item was pulled from the agenda, but we still said to our fans, let's go and just make sure the council understand what this means. 250 people turned up to a four hour long council meeting. And for those of you out there who've ever been to you know, a local council meeting, they are not the most fascinating of affairs. They're not meant to be. They're not meant to be entertainment. No. But our fans, they packed the place, orange everywhere. Our mascot was there, the whole thing. There was trumpets. And 38 people stood up and told the council why this matters. Um, and everyone received you know, rapturous applause. And it was a, an incredibly proud night for the club. Because I think you don't realise what your club means to the fans until somebody's about to take it away from you. And it was amazing. And we're grateful for the support. And, you know, the, the fight continues to make sure we can stay in that stadium. So, Dan, would you say you touched on it a little bit, um, unaware of kind of what happened? Would you say bl completely blindsided um, by, by it all? Yeah, I mean... There have been rumours on and off for years, and you know, as somebody who's covered the galaxy, there's all been sorts of versions of conversations about what Orange County looks like for them, given their geography of being sort of halfway between the two places anyway. Um, but there was no that we knew of. We were waiting for the council to come back to us to discuss what our future in the stadium would look like. And then we just saw this thing on the council agenda. We hadn't been officially communicated with by the council or, you know, by the LA Galaxy. Right. So we just see a document, you know, on the council website, it's the agenda, item 1.1 on the docket, you know, uh, options for orange, uh, for championship soccer stadium. And there it is, number one, uh, LA Galaxy, sorry, number two, LA Galaxy, Next Pro, three years of exclusivity, everyone else is out. Uh, the LA Galaxy would compensate the council for any loss of income that would come from them being the only tenant there. And they wanted a decision made by what was uh, August the 12th, which was now last Friday. Um, so I don't know what went on. And it, in some ways, it's not for us to question that. But we were surprised, completely blindsided and, you know, mobilized our fan base very quickly. Um, but it was, yeah, it was an extraordinary few days for the club because, you know, one day you're, you're champions of your league and then the next day you might not have anywhere to play the following year. Might be evicted. 
So help me understand the, the, the timeline then from there, because LA Galaxy released a statement. Did that state, which was very short and very cold, um, did they release that statement before or after your plea to the council? So the council agenda became public on the Thursday. We put out a statement on Friday saying, you know, our club is under attack. Our owner wrote to the fans. There was a whole weekend of extraordinary social media activity from, from our fans and the, and the broader community. And then on the Monday, we were beginning to hear rumours that the item would be pulled for the, from the agenda, although didn't receive any official word at that point. And then we, it was late afternoon, uh, the statement came out from LA Galaxy saying, we are not seeking exclusivity in the stadium. It's not, we, we are no longer, it's just we are not. And that's what they said. Um, I mean, if you, well, you saw the, uh, the, the tweet they put out and that statement and the extraordinary outpouring of of emotions from Galaxy and Orange County fans in relation to that statement. It got quite a lot mm -hmm. of coverage, not as much as, you know, the lead they signed from Barcelona, but it still got, it, it, you know, it did quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of impressions, I would have thought. Um, and then we later found out that the item wouldn't be on the agenda. So it was before the council meeting. So there, right. I mean, I think the council maybe had not, given it wasn't on the agenda anymore, in some ways there's a question, why did we feel the need to turn up on mass? And the answer is, as you know, in these council meetings, you can talk about agenda items and non-agenda items in public right. comment. And it's a public forum. They can't stop anyone speaking. So we thought it's not going to be discussed at this meeting, but assume it will be discussed at some point in the future. This isn't going away just because there's been a two-line statement from the Galaxy. So right. we made sure we turned up just so that every member of that council can be very, very clear what Orange County Soccer Club means to the community. Right. And... Uh, and like, you know, LA Galaxy decorated team, five-star MLS Cup winners from Zlatan to David Beckham and Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan, superstars and legendary players have um, put on the, the shirt there. Uh, and, you know, a club that is beloved by their fans, but like you said, you know, even their own fans are questioning why would we want to go to Orange County? You... Um, when you spoke, you used Bobby Robson as your voice, really, in terms of trying to explain what football means, what a club means, what being part of a community means. Can you talk us through a little bit of that and then the, what happened after? Yeah, so I, what I'd like to do is just start by saying something about the Galaxy because... Mm -hmm. I think it's very hard to live in this part of Southern California and not have some kind of affinity for the galaxy. You know, I moved to America eight years ago and the I went to a galaxy game and it's a great stadium. When I were, I used to work for the British government as a diplomat and obviously they have a record of having British players there. So I remember when Steven Gerrard made his debut, I hosted a box with various dignitaries on behalf of the British government to sort of celebrate their relationship with Steven Gerrard. And we used to do things um, with Ashley Cole and um, the company, I ran a technology company for a couple of years. They had a box at the Galaxy. We would host events there. So I've probably been to the corporate box at the Galaxy as much as I've been to 
pretty much any other ground in the last 10 years or so. Our owner used to go and watch Galaxy games. You know, we, we had nothing against the LA Galaxy as a club. And on a personal level, I have lots of, of memories. It's the first football match my son ever went to was, unfortunately, the Galaxy, not AFC Wimbledon, because we, we live here. <laughs> so, you know, we, nothing against the Galaxy until, you know, till a week ago. Um, and at the council meeting, uh, we knew we would be speaking. We wanted to make our points clear. The owner of the club, Sort of articulated the argument about you know the history of the club the amount of money we spend the amount of people we employ all of the sort of economic arguments for why it's important that the council when they're thinking about who's going to play in that stadium that they should pick a club not literally with los angeles in the title but maybe one with orange county in the title mm -hmm. um and then various of our fans and sponsors spoke and when I was I was trying to work out what am I going to say? What what's the, my point here? You know, do I do a whole thing about you know my AFC Wimbledon story and what we've seen with that club? And obviously the club disappearing is different to a risk around the stadium, but you know the, our fans have been through a hell of a thing there. So I was thinking, do I evoke that memory? And I thought, you know what? Even though probably the council members don't know who Bobby Robson is, maybe quite a lot of our fans don't know who Bobby Robson is, but and. I'm actually not quite sure why he said what he said. I, I don't know if there was an issue at Newcastle at the time, but he had this extraordinary quote about what a fan is. And he was, you know, what is a club? It's not the, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but it's, you know, it's not the marketing executives. It's not the boxes. It's not the paid representatives. It's, I think this is the key bit. It's the noise. It's the feeling. It's a young boy gripping his father's hand and walking up the stadium steps and looking at the hallowed turf beneath him and without being able to do a thing about it, falling in love. And mm. although I had to update it because that's a little bit sexist in today's world, um, <laughs> that principle, for me, that's what all of this is about. Um, and I think, you know, I've grown up around the lower level of football, but you'll remember your first trip to Highbury. Mm. Um, and I think that's the thing is that, Football is about, I mean, it's the same with most live sports, but there's something about the sort of tribalism of football, that memory making, that experience, that thing you share with a friend or a family member. It's just, it's so special. And we've played in that stadium for five years. We've won games there. We've, Didier Drogba scored a, a late goal to knock us out of the playoffs one year there and Phoenix fans stormed the field. Even though that's not the best memory, people remember that. And yep. when we won our first ever trophy, winning the Western Conference Championship there on our way to the title, again, people just, there's a memory and you, you, you've seen, you see the pictures, but it's that, it's that feeling that you just can never take away. And, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful little stadium, as, as you know, when you walk through the gates for the first time and you look at this, you know, 5,000 seat to see to stadium in front of you and the, you've got the mountains behind them because of the kickoff times, they're always early evening. You know, the sun is inevitably setting at some point. And that's a memory that you can't take away. And our fans just, our fans love it there. And I just wanted to try and implore, you know, the council to think about, you know, whatever has gone on in terms of the discussions, we just wanted them to think about the fans and think about the feelings. And these are voters in Irvine. They're people who spend money in Irvine. Other clubs come in. People travel from elsewhere and spend their money locally. It's a local facility, and we just want to keep it for ourselves so our fans can keep making memories and keep falling in love. 
No, and it is. It's a. It's just a really picturesque, beautiful um, place, and I, I love how you used. For those listening who who may not know um, who Bobby Robson is, there's actually a fantastic documentary, by the way, on Bobby Robson. If you want to learn more about about him, um, he's a legendary manager. Uh, he managed England, uh, took England to a semi final of the World Cup. Um, was very successful as Ipswich manager, and that's a team that you know a lot of fans now are learning about Nottingham Forest and play, you know teams that come up from smaller smaller divisions, but they're teams that were massive, you know, back in back in the day. And this is the stadium that Dan is talking about, and it's just really picturesque, and it's a, a great place to go and watch football has a local community that that love the team. It has generational appeal now. Um, and there's no doubt that there are young fans who are wanting to, you know, support this team long-term. Like you said, when I went to Highbury for the first time, I was like, wow, I can't believe I get to come here again and again and again and again. Um, so with all that said, what was the outcome What's the outcome at this point? What, what, where does, where do things stand? So this is a part that's slightly unclear. So it wasn't discussed at the council meeting. There was a discussion, sort of process discussion towards the end, the fourth hour of the council meeting, uh, where they talked about it might be coming up again at a future meeting, but they would update the report that they were going to discuss. But we don't really know, and. Um, you know, Galaxy have said they're not seeking exclusivity, but the council document said that that at least the council document said that they were. So we don't quite know where that all stands. I think our position is we want to play in that stadium next year and way beyond next year. So we just want to talk to the council. We want to find out what they think. What can we do to have a discussion to give our fans what they want? So. You know, the council meeting was an extraordinary outpouring of love and support. And as a club, and I think we could be more proud of our fans for what they did for us. But it's not over yet. We, you know, technically there's, there's a memorandum of understanding which rolls over. So if nobody cancels it, it rolls over for another two years. So somebody has to say you're not allowed to play here or we will be playing there next year. But just with the fact that there was an option where we would be evicted, we are feeling unsure and we want to sit down with the council and find out what their plans are. What can we do to ensure that we can stay in that stadium? Has it affected your season, Dan? Is it, a, it, it's a, is it just a massive distraction for yourself as president of business affairs, the owner, the hierarchy of the yeah. club? Is it affecting I mean, the team or the manager at all? It, that's a great question, Sophie. I think for me, the answer is, you know, I actually, I've been with the club for just over a year now. I was originally brought on to work on our international partnerships. Uh, our president left to go and work at Pittsburgh as president there. And we were joking before he left because one of the reasons he said he was going is that they own their own stadium. Um, and we joked about, about that. Little did we know what would happen. So I'm only in the third week in this role. So obviously, um, most of what I've been doing have been, you know, organising this, obviously doing all the media outreach and so on. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been time consuming in that narrow sense. But 
you know, I, I'm not saying this is in any way a good thing, but I tell you what, you learn about your club and your staff when these sorts of things happen. So, and I think that, you know, we haven't had a great season on the field. You know, we were champions. Now we are, we're staring up at everybody else in the table. Um, but there was a little video put together by one of our, a guy, Spencer, our new videographer, put together a video of that night, which was the fans before the meeting, elements of the meeting. Um, and it was beautifully put together. And there was incredible stuff said by our fans. And our coach, Richard Chaplow, some people will remember from his, his Premier League days, um, he asked to show that video to the players before the game. So, you know, you don't want to distract the players with this stuff. They've got plenty to do. You know, we got uh, 10 games left to get into the playoffs. But the players saw that video before the game. And when we went and beat Phoenix, um, and in a game where the honorary captain for the game was this young girl, Charlotte Eldridge, who overcame her nervousness and stood up in front of that council, which is not easy for a 10-year-old girl or a 10-year-old boy or, frankly, even a grown-up to do. And she stood there and she got through her very heartfelt speech. And we made her honorary captain for the night. Um, she was nearly in tears when she was given the signed shirt by her favourite player, our goalkeeper, and she led the team out. And I don't know if that gave us that extra 5% to beat our, one of our fiercest rivals. So has it been a distraction or has it been the galvanising factor that might lead us onto a playoff run? I mean, we've got, we're seven points from the playoff line with 10 points to go. And in America, that's close enough that, you know, yeah. we might make it into the playoffs. So I don't know, maybe this is the thing that spurs the team on. The fans have could not have been loud over the last couple of games. Um, so it's been a distraction from a, you know, a time point of view for front office, but maybe this is the thing that saves our season. Yeah, Super Kev always says on our show back in the day, whether it was playing for George Graham, Walter Smith, Brian Robson, there would always be something that would happen in the season where you'd pin it. You'd pin it on the wall and players would come to it, the manager would come to it, and it would become, like you said, a galvanizing tool to rally everybody and keep everybody together. We've got a couple minutes left here. What do you want people to know about this situation that I haven't asked you or haven't been able to kind of get out of you through some of the, the questions? It's, it's such, you know, sports is so important to our communities and people and sometimes you know i think we've all seen that money can be such a distraction but at the heart of everything which is why you use brian robson and for our american listeners he's kind of like a john wooden type he didn't win as many championships as john wooden but he was beloved and he he was a manager that really changed the perception of english football as well he was man. He, I mean, he went to Barcelona. This is a very important figure in the game, beloved by so many. What would you want people to know, Dan, about this situation and perhaps what can happen next and and what people can do? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things. I think, I think you know, in terms of the practicalities of it, we don't really know the next steps, um, but we do know that we want this to stay a discussion topic. So, you know, for us, this is massively important, obviously. Um, and we're going to keep talking about it until somebody says, don't worry, you've got the stadium for the future. So there's no, you know, there's no council meeting yet. 
But if, you know, we had 250 people at the council meeting where it wasn't on the agenda, if it comes on the next meeting, I would be disappointed if there's not 500 people in that room. Um, so there will be a call to action at some point, I imagine, when this is next publicly discussed. Um, I think the, the main, the sort of second thing, and the main thing I want, I think want people to take away from this. If you'd said to me, what have you learned in the last week about football in America um, or football in general. And I think it's that, you know, I'm an AFC Wimbledon fan. One of my best friends is a Derby County fan. I've got another friend who's a Blackpool fan. Most clubs have been through a version of this. Um, you know, Woolwich Arsenal 100 years ago had a problem when they were moved. You know, it's football fans understand community football and what a club means. And the messages we've had from teams all over the country, from, you know, other countries saying, you know, they stand with us and they're upset by what's happening to our club. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that people understand what a community club is and they don't like to see a big club potentially take something away from a small club. And we're just incredibly grateful to our fans and the fans of all the other clubs who've reached out to us to say, you know, we support you. And it's the fans, but it's also the bigger soccer community. I mean, you know, I've known you for a while now. You know, you offered to give me this opportunity to speak on on your show. But, you know, I went on after the MLS All-Star game on uh, on Football America and they gave me, it was meant to be three minutes. We ended up having seven and a half minutes talking about this issue on that show. And a lot of the football public, the soccer public and they they can feel there's something going on here and the journalists can sense there's something going on here and we're just grateful to be given a platform to tell that story and i'm very grateful to you for that opportunity always and yeah i i covered the la galaxy and i've covered them since david beckham arrived here in the united states and it's been a fun ride and i've loved watching them win multiple mls cups and there's no doubt they have a very special place in my heart, as have Orange County Soccer now over the last, you know, couple of years. Um, I've created an affinity with the club and they have a very special place in my heart. And I just hope that this is resolved where the right thing is, you know, is what happens in the end. Um, because community is important and you guys fit this place. It's it feels like your place and I've been there and the crowd's amazing. You pack it out. It's a very special place to go watch football and it feels like your turf. And I think there's a lot of other places that perhaps, you know, um, can be taken advantage of by, by such a, a big club. So before we go out, do you have like one 30 second message at all to, the guys over at LA Galaxy? So there's plenty I'd love to say in 30 seconds to the guys over at LA Galaxy, but I won't actually use the 30 seconds for that. What I will do is, given what I've said about, you know, emotions and memory making. So we've all got a story we can tell about, you know, watching a game and things that we remember. But, and this is one for you effectively, I will never forget standing with you in our tunnel watching the most extraordinary rendition of the American National Anthem being played 
by an electric guitarist using his teeth at one Suzuki, stage behind his bed. Amazing artist. And, you know, in 10 years' time, if I meet you in a bar, I will say to you, do you remember that night where the sun was setting over the mountains and we listened to that extraordinary national anthem performance, you know, in the tunnel together? And everyone's got their version of that story with their friend, their children, their parents, whoever it is. And that is what it's all about. And that happened in Championship Soccer Stadium. We just want to do more of that there. That's a great way of putting it. And I will remember it too. And you'll be the one buying the drinks, that's for sure. <laughs> you can follow Orange County Soccer or in, at Orange County SC. Um, you can also reach out to Dan at Dan Rutstein. Uh, R-U-T-S-T-E-I-N on social media. If you want to get involved, if you're a local and if you're not, you just want to reach out and learn more, please do so. Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. And I wish the club the best. And I hope in the end what is right for football and what is right for the community is the end result. And um, we're always here uh, to talk football with you. And good luck to your AFC Wimbledon this season as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for this opportunity, Sophie. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. <laughs>